Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We love being transparent, honest, and down to earth on this podcast. We consider you guys such an important part of our episodes. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community, uncovering industry secrets, and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. We're super excited to have you guys being hanging out with us today. Um, and I am so pumped to welcome Morgan Rapp to the podcast. Thank you, Morgan, so much for setting aside this time of your day to chat with us. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. Just a little side note, guys. Giselle is unavailable for this episode, but um, Morgan and I are going to have a great conversation and we're going to miss Giselle, but she'll probably be in you know, a future episode without me at some point. So we're just rolling with the punches and it's going to be totally, totally okay. So let's dive into our intro question for the day. Morgan, what does your ideal workday look like? And this can be like blue sky, like ideal world. Like, I just love daydreaming about this. <laughs> yeah. And I love this question, but it kind of made me laugh out loud because being a parent, like nothing goes according nothing to Nothing ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But if I could control more things, my kids slept through the night, that would be amazing. And so then I can wake up about like 730, 8 a.m. Oh, um, hang out with my kids. <laughs> And get them ready for school. My oldest is in school. Um, and my next one too, she goes to kindergarten. But typically I, I like to hang out with them in the morning, make them breakfast. And then if I can exercise like around 9 a.m. I'm kind of like not one of those early riser morning people. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> so I love like slower mornings. So yeah, hang out with my family and then exercising a little bit. I have... Um, it's not a Peloton, but I have a Peloton app, but I have a bike. And so I like to kind of just do whatever feels good, like physically or go on a walk. Sometimes I'll take my younger ones on a walk. I might journal a little bit. Uh, I don't do it every day, but if I had like an ideal day, I would for even just like five or 10 minutes and then dive into work around like 10 AM ish, you know, so kind of a slower morning and, uh, probably log off around three would be ideal. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I really like this to work like, beyond that. Perfect. I mean, it's like so funny, like as moms, we're so used to like fitting a full day of work into just a few hours when we have either childcare or I don't know if everyone naps at the same time in your household, I would say probably not, but like, I don't know when the baby naps for me, that's when I get most of my work done. That sounds yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So this is ideal though. I'm not saying this happens every day. I mean, sometimes no. things don't go according to plan and then, you know, I might have to work in the evening instead to catch up. And also mm-hmm. my day is like different depending on the amount of like childcare support I've had. I used to work mostly weekends and evenings mm-hmm. and that's just like what our reality was when I was home full time with my kids. Yeah. So, but this would be my ideal day. And then, um, if I could have like someone else be cleaning instead, that would be ideal. Someone else made dinner, that would be ideal, but that doesn't (laughs) usually happen. (laughs) I love that so much. And like, I, I love hearing about how, when you were home full-time with your kids, just cause that's the situation that I'm in right now that you did work evenings and weekends because back before I had a baby, I was, you know, I was like, I am never working on weekends. Like I'm quitting work at 5 PM. Like this is going to be, you know, and it's like, now that I have a baby, I'm like, okay, he's asleep. Like I'm either sleeping or I'm going to work, you know, like it's, I mean, especially like you're, you're in the newborn phase right now. I don't know if everyone knows Morgan has a brand new baby. Congratulations. But like, it is probably so, so hard. I mean, because they're so unpredictable, they don't have a set schedule. Maybe, I don't know. Ryder was really bad at nap napping in the very beginning of couple months. So I never knew if the nap was going to be 10 minutes or if it was going to be an hour. So that was really, really hard to kind of schedule around. Um, so I guess that leads into my answer to this question would be, yes, if I could control everything, then 
Ryder would sleep through the night. Hasn't happened yet. He's five months old. Please tell me that that will happen eventually before he turns 18. I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I can't make any promises. Just on the it, kid. <laughs> yeah, it totally does. Um, so he sleeps through the night, wakes up around seven 30. We hang, I mean, I feel like our, our ideal days are very similar. Like I spend time with him. I spend time with my husband. I guess I would say an ideal breakfast would be like a veggie omelet with like bacon and like muffins. And it's some, most of the time I'm just like grabbing something really quick, you know, or, you know, on the go, whatever it is. Um, and yes, diving into work around nine or 10 and uninterrupted work hours because my husband is home full-time, the baby, he's not home full-time right now. He's in the army. And so he is at work most of the time. Yeah. Just like Uninterrupted computer time would be fantastic. Um, but you know, like, even though I'm thinking about this ideal day, I'm also thinking at the same time about like what my days look like right now, which are, you know, maybe very unpredictable of with nap time and stuff like that. But like, I don't want you guys to think that, you know, this is us complaining at all because like, this is <laughs> like, I feel like my ideal day is like, kind of close to what I've been experiencing recently, just because the baby started sleeping a little bit better. So I'm so, 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 so grateful for lengthened nap times and better night's sleep. That truly makes the biggest difference in my creativity as well, you know? So, yeah, yeah, totally. And I think, like I said, there's kind of seasons. Well, like, like you were saying, like there's Mm -hmm. seasons where you feel like things aren't your ideal day isn't really working out and (laughs) sometimes Uh, you just have to be like this day has gone down the toilet and we're gonna try tomorrow (laughs) yeah totally and that and what's really hard especially when I worked at night in the evening and the weekends I was exhausted Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and it was really hard to just put my computer away and like honor that because I'd feel guilt regardless you know so like I don't know. I think, so this is just an interesting conversation could probably be a podcast episode. I know it really could. I felt kind of some shame for like working in the evenings and the weekends and stuff. And I noticed when entrepreneurs do, they tend to like have to, I don't know, like explain it a little bit more. And sometimes I'm like, that's just when you work and that's okay. Especially if you're a parent or even if you're not, and you, that's the, energetically that's the time you enjoy like that's okay to you I just don't think there's like a wrong or a right and it really is more about what intuitively feels right for you yes Um, I completely agree yeah I also sometimes get energy surges at night like I tend to energetically work in the evening if my day isn't too demanding I actually like working later in the day (laughs) and I like having like a slower morning if I could like really choose Mm -hmm. but most of the time it doesn't go that way so by the time it's the evening I'm exhausted oh yeah yeah there's definitely there's definitely been weeks um in the past couple weeks where I make it to bedtime and walk out of the nursery and just like lay flat on the floor just for a few minutes Just like not even the couch, like the, the carpet, like, because, because yeah. I'm like my back hurts from, you know, bouncing or whatever it is. Um, but like all of this to say, like, we're like, I mean, I just keep on saying, like, I'm just so grateful for what I have. And then at the same time, I'm reframing the way that I work and the hours that I have available to me. It's like, okay, I started this business for flexibility because I was kind of forced to, because we're military and we move like every three years. So I can't really have like a full-time job at like a location because we move so often. It's like, I have to like tell myself every single day, like I get to work only two hours a day. Like that's something that I get to do. A lot of people would kill to only work two hours a day and be able to do something that they love and be home full time with their baby. So like, that's been kind of a mindset shift that I've been working on and doesn't happen every single day. Like a lot of the time, I'm like, oh, he woke up early from his nap. No, you know, but then I'm like, okay, you know what? Like some, you know, some people don't have the privilege that I have of being able to work at home full time. And, you know, so yeah, I just... I'm just trying to like lean so hard into gratitude and it's, it's a work in progress. Every parent understands that. And if you're not a parent, I'm sure you guys do too. So, so yeah, let's dive into our topic for today. So Morgan, I feel like you are just such like a all-star when it comes to the branding world. And that's why like, we're so excited to have you here. Um, 
I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience. Tell us who you are, what you do, how you got there. And then we will dive into our topic, which is going to be talking about how to start beginning to teach other designers. Yeah, no, thank you for that introduction. <laughs> You're <all-star>. welcome. <laughs> I don't know if it's so much all-star or just that I, I'm old. Like, <laughs> like, now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like older than every other designer out there. <laughs> so I've just been doing this like a little while now, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to introduce, introduce myself. So my name is Morgan Rapp and um, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah I have been, well, I've had my own business for 10 years now, and basically where I started out was just kind of doing things on the side. I didn't go to school for design, so um, I know that there's designers who do and some that don't, and I don't think that it is necessary to your success to have gone to school for design not like there's a wrong or a right, but yeah, I didn't, I went to journalism school, so yeah, I don't have a same. degree yeah. in design. So I didn't go to school for design and I know that sometimes this can be a hang up for some designers who want to start their own businesses. And a lot of times I think they're surprised that like, I didn't go to school for design. There's a lot of designers who didn't go to school for design. It's not integral to your success by any means. And so I think also, if you talk to a lot of other designers who do have their own businesses, they haven't either like you, like you said that you haven't, you didn't go to school for design. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also went for journalism and PR and then, uh, basically my last semester, I had to use Photoshop for a project and I was like, Ooh, I really like this. And then back then MySpace had just kind of started. So I had like a MySpace page that I like wanted to customize. And then I had a blog on Blogspot. I mean, this just kind of dates. I remember, no, honestly, I remember having a MySpace page and I remember writing very rudimentary HTML in my MySpace yeah. description so that I could make, so I could jazz it up. I think I had some music playing on there. I had a sparkly background. It was like a GIF or something like, and I just remember learning, okay, if I type in like bracket VR bracket, that means it makes a space. And uh, like, that was yeah. the very beginning of me, like, learning how to code, I guess. (laughs) Oh, same. That's where I got started was I just wanted to like customize, you know, some of my own stuff. And that was my introduction to web design and, um, design in general. And, oh man, those designs I think about them, like they were horrible and I thought they were so cool. Like all the stuff that I did. And it's just funny to think about. Um, but yeah, I'm self-taught like that just kind of like, I got obsessed with learning the programs. I had a lot more time back then to do that. Mm -hmm. And then after college, I served a mission for my church. I lived back East for like a year and a half. And then I came back and I'd already graduated college by then. And so I got a job at a publishing company and I wasn't in the graphic design department. I was an assistant, but I wanted to be in the graphic design department, but I didn't have a degree in it. And so I just really hated my job. It was super boring. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and then I got married and then we moved away for like a few months and then moved back. And basically my friend at that point had taken over the publishing department and I was able to start again in the graphic design department. And so that's where I learned even more programs like InDesign because we did a lot of catalog layouts and things like that. Yeah, I started in print too. I don't know if you know this, but I I started doing magazine design. And so when you say InDesign, I like, I always say like, oh my goodness, like RIP InDesign, even though like it still is alive and well, like I feel like as brand designers, like we just don't really use it as often and it's because it is print-based. So love InDesign so much. It's where I started. I remember thinking about moving from InDesign to Illustrator and like how much of a struggle that was. I learned InDesign first and then Photoshop and Illustrator. So yeah, I know it's funny because I also, yeah, I used to work mostly in InDesign and didn't really know Illustrator that well. So around the same time, my friend that I grew up with, uh, who eventually became my business partner, she was doing wedding invitations. And I was like, Hey, can I help you with some marketing stuff? And then I started helping her with a little bit with design stuff. It's not like we like made great money at it, but that was sort of our introduction into having our own business. And then, uh, we did that for a little while, but didn't make any money. And (laughs) I think a lot of brand designers introduction into having their own business is also through invitations and like the wedding world. But because of that, we had 
people in that world who like photographers and, you know, event planners would be like, Hey, can you do do branding? Do you do websites as well? And so we started doing that. And that's when we're like, Oh, we make much better money doing this. And both of our goals were to work for ourselves from home. And we both had full-time jobs and we're doing this at night and it was exhausting, but I really, I loved it. Um, And so we both started taking on clients and then we're like, Hey, we should like rebrand and just do this. And so that's, um, basically the start of like, yeah, my web design and branding business was with my partner at the time. And then three or four years ago, she started another company. It's like a journal company. And so she's not my business partner anymore. And it was right at the transition when I wanted to start to do online education and she wasn't as interested in that. And so, uh, and also with our schedules with being parents. So we both had started our families around that time that we rebranded and everything. And so it just made more sense for me to move on with the business. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of like, sort of in a nutshell, yeah. <laughs> my story, but, uh, basically that year was really hard. It was about like 2017. I think when we ended the partnership, I felt a little lost. I felt really exhausted and burnt out. Uh, I had two kids, two small kids that were two years apart. And I was like, I should just like shut this down. Maybe <laughs> like I really <laughs> contemplated it because I wasn't, I wasn't charging enough. Um, And I was like, I can't be alone in this. Like I had just like fixed, I used to do hourly rates. I had fixed pricing. And so basically my volume was kicking up because I wanted to scale. And before that point, I was fine just kind of making whatever money. I didn't really value my time as seriously. But then once I started burning out, I was like, oh, okay, something has to change. And I kind of hit rock bottom when we couldn't pay our mortgage and just because of the lack of consistency. And I really just had like this huge turning point where I was like, either I'm going to like make this work, uh, or I'm going to shut it down because it just wasn't contributing to kind of our happiness. I felt like as a family and, uh, and instead I decided, I was like, well, I have nothing to lose. So I might as well just start like, you know, learning more about value-based pricing and trying to start integrate that and, um, and make this more of like a full-time thing. Like I just, it was like the switch turned on and I realized how ambitious I actually am. And that I actually wanted to grow a business. It wasn't just like this side thing. I was like, Hey, I'm actually good at this. And so that was just a huge turning point. And since then I've just like scaled (laughs) my business the last few years to the point where it's like shocked me. Uh, but basically now I do education for designers too, and teach them the things that I did to scale the six figures that year after I hit rock bottom. And that's wow. where design business. That's a, that's a big, from. that's a big turning point. Rock yeah. bottom to six figures. Like that's I a book title right there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting though, because I think I had to do that because I was unhappy for a little while. And then once I hit rock bottom, it's like, it had to become painful enough for me to change. And I think a lot of people hit that point at some point when they're just like, I just can't keep doing the same things I'm doing and move forward. And you know, you're not happy. And so for me, that experience, even though it was awful and embarrassing and I felt some shame around it, I also am like so grateful for that experience because it to this day is what it kind of ignited a fire in me um, to make my business successful and to make it what it is today and what I plan on continue to continuing it to be, because I didn't plan on being like the sole provider for my family. Like I just was like, Oh, I'll do this design stuff on the side. And it's so funny to like, look back. Um, another thing that motivated me to like quit, I kind of missed or forgot to include a piece of it where I, I, when I got pregnant with my son was when I quit my day job. Um, cause we overlapped basically the business and brand clients, um, my business partner and I. And so that's when I actually quit was cause I like wanted, I was sick and I just wanted to be home and have a flexible schedule, but I like didn't have savings. I didn't really plan it out. I was just like, Oh, like the business is doing okay. Like we have some clients, so I don't really recommend that. <laughs> now I like coach you differently, like be smart about your savings. And when you quit your day job and everything, but I also was so unhappy at that job, even though I was in the graphic design department, the culture was really toxic 
and like the owners are going through a divorce and it was awful. (laughs) Wow. And they all not sound fun. Oh, it was terrible. And I think a lot of people relate to that kind of story too, where they're just like, I just couldn't find a place to work that I really actually enjoyed. There was no real purpose behind the business or what we were doing, which is important for me in general to feel like whatever work I'm doing, like I care a lot about it. The type of work I was doing wasn't great. It was really ugly graphic design. I also could not get paid more than 11 bucks an hour. Oh, <laughs> and I kept asking for raises and they said no. And that was so frustrating because I was like, I want to make more money. And so uh, basically I had a client who paid me hourly and it was 30 bucks an hour. And I was like happy with that. So I'm like transparent with numbers. I hope that's yeah. okay. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what we're all about here. We, we always say that, um, this podcast is about the stuff that you, that you don't hear about on Instagram, even though you do post about like transparency and numbers on Instagram, but yeah, yeah. go for it. People want to hear yeah. it. I want to hear it. <laughs> My paychecks were in like the hundreds of dollars, right? <laughs> I don't know. Is And at the time it's like, it's funny how things are okay for a little while. And then at, at some point they're just not like, we were starting a family and we just, like, I wanted to make more money. Um, I was putting more of that pressure on my husband instead. And that just wasn't healthy. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think that part of that kind of low point I hit was also like to stop blaming my partner for things that I actually wanted Mm -hmm. and to take kind of control back as a woman and also believe in my capability to make money as a woman um, was a really important thing as well, because I was just always kind of expecting my partner to like make money and to provide a specific lifestyle that I actually wanted. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care so much about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like such an easygoing guy who's just like happy kind of with whatever. But I was like, Hey, I actually like one day would like to build our dream house. Like I would like to go on vacations. I would like to do X, Y, Z. And he's just like such an easygoing guy, but I was always, I was kind of like projecting some of that onto him, which I don't think was totally fair. Um, And eventually I just had to say, you know, this is what I want and I am capable of this as a woman. I don't have to depend on a man to like make that happen for me anymore. I love that so much. I feel like since having my son and working in my business and, you know, I, I just feel like now that I'm a mom, like I almost feel like just more empowered as a woman to like, to kind of like level up in the areas outside of myself as a mom. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like just, you know, in my business, you know, in like just my personal endeavors, like I'm a yoga teacher, um, on the side, not that I am actively teaching right now, just cause like, I don't have time, but like, like having my baby just like ignited this thing in me that like, just made me want to move forward. And like you said, like there are such hard times when you have a little baby or you have you have a family, or even if you don't have a family, if you're going through something financially or you ha- you're caring for a sick parent or whatever it is in your life, like you hit that point where you either have to stop or you, something has to change. And I feel like I'm definitely like in that place right now where like, I'm still working with semi-fixed pricing. I'm still like, I don't really take on hourly work, you know, but like, I definitely relate to past Morgan because like, I feel like there's so many similarities as far as like, I have this ambition. I know that I love my business. It's I'm so passionate about it. Like I have this new drive now that I have a baby, you know, to like make it work. And, but I also realize that there are things in my business that are like, not really like working for me right now. So like, it's very encouraging to hear your perspective of like looking back and like with all of your experience that you have and just the years that you have, you know, on, on me and probably on a lot of our listeners, it's like, it's, it's amazing. And it's very encouraging. So I just want to share that. (laughs) Yeah, no, thanks. And I think that, yeah, especially when you become a parent, your time is like, you realize how valuable it is because it's time spent away from people you really care about. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was a huge shift for me over time as well was, was I used to, my mindset was wrong where I used to think, Oh, this is more kind of the stuff I'm doing on the side. So I'm not going to value it as much. 
when actually it made it more valuable because I had less time. That's really how it works. Yes. You know? I, so mm-hmm. I was thinking, that mindset shift. It made like a huge difference. For sure. I was thinking about like, like, I think my, my business coach, Jane Scudder from the new exec, who I always like give a shout out to, but she was like, Jen, what is an hour of your time worth to you? Like, what is that worth? And I was like, a thousand dollars. Like, of course, you know, it's like, not that I will ever charge a thousand dollars an hour, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe one day, but like, you know, and that, that realization for me was just very like, oh my goodness. Like, wow. Like my time is so valuable, you know? Yeah. Well, and you will eventually make a thousand dollars an hour, but (laughs) we'll pay you a thousand dollars an hour. There's because I've made a couple of thousand dollars an hour before. (laughs) Yes. 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 I I completely agree. Only with like value-based pricing really. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, I think there's a, a huge, like everyone kind of reaches some kind of turning point where they just want something different or they might have, I feel like they're just, they just know they can't keep operating the same way because you're not happy with mm-hmm. what you have been doing. And so that's sort of what happened for me. And that's when things kind of really turned. And yeah, it, it was scary. Like my, like suddenly charging more was hard because my family's income was always important to our family. I didn't really have kind of the privilege of that not being a reality. So not getting jobs was a constant fear, (laughs) Yeah, you know, by trying to raise my pricing, but with value-based pricing, it's actually pretty amazing how it works because it's really more about meeting people where they're at with and providing solutions from where they're at and helping them move the needle instead of, because what the mistake I made initially if, if that's okay, if I just start getting into this. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say like, we don't have to stay on topic. And I actually think that like our listeners will be super, super interested in hearing you talk about value-based pricing. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Cause it all kind of ties together with what was mm-hmm. happening with me personally and why yeah. I started to make changes. But basically I was like, I'm going to start doing value-based pricing or what I thought it was. And I was just like, I'm going to charge everyone a ton of money for like my premium packages. And so what I started doing was you know, charging more, I like doubled my rates. So I probably was like around like 2000 ish dollars, you know, around there. And I was like, I'm just going to double my rates, um, and have like this super premium package that everyone has to fit into. Well, what happened is that not everyone fit into that package or had that kind of budget. And so I just lost people. So I basically just created a huge gap in my business where I was only able to help certain people, with specific budgets and specific solutions. And I mean, that that's okay, but most people don't fit in a box. Um, and you do create a gap where you lose a lot of people who are like, Hey, can you help me move the needle some, but like, I'm not ready for like a premium package that includes like all the bells and whistles. And so I started to see that happening and I was like, Hmm, yeah, this isn't really working. I obviously don't understand. I thought value-based pricing just meant like everyone will see the value (laughs) and everyone will pay you a lot of money. Oh, (laughs) how I wish that was true. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really more about uncovering the value and like some people who I feel like we're really at the forefront of value-based pricing or Sean West. He's amazing. Jonathan Stark, but it's very much in the male space. I felt like everyone I know who mostly focuses on value-based pricing, the future as well, is it's just like more in the male space. And I think it's because they bring like some more of that like male sales energy. And uh, I was like, they don't have like the same kind of, I, I basically started to look to them and their content and learn a little bit more and then apply it myself. And I just realized that for women, the process looks a little bit different just because of the way we do sales and feminine energy and things like that. And so I started implementing that myself and making all the mistakes. And, um, and basically that's what design biz mastery is, is like my own sales process now. And the big shifts that I made, I didn't change really my marketing a whole ton besides trying to be implement more of myself into my marketing and um, show my face more. But a lot of times I'll get questions and say, Hey, where are these magical high budget clients? I'm like, they're in front of you. <laughs> like yeah. you just don't know what they're willing to spend. You think that their initial budget they say is their highest number. And it's just not mm-hmm. like, that's the reality. Like after I've coached hundreds of students, like, no, like their budgets are lies typically, <laughs> you know, and it's some made up 
subjective number. And once you can talk to them about their real goals and the value to them, then more money can be found. Like you have to really have that belief that your client's budgets can be flexible. And I think that's a huge piece of it, but really it's just about creating solutions for clients and being okay with not every client booking the bells and whistles with you because they don't also need that all the time. Right. Um, and so that's more, I guess, my philosophy around value-based pricing and just how with service with services, you have the luxury of tweaking things to every client and also seeing what they actually value because some things I used to offer were like patterns. And then I would like spend hours and hours creating these patterns for clients as part of their packages. And then they would be like, how do I use this after they were made? I get that all the time. <laughs> and I just, I concluded a pattern just because I, I think that's what I should have in my package, but you're so right. Like I've, I've, I'm kind of leaning more into this with web design versus branding. My branding package is currently a fixed price and I want, like, I need to work on, I need to work on that. Just as a side note, everyone, Morgan has a coaching program called design biz mastery, which is what you were referencing earlier, just in case anyone doesn't know what it is. Um, I am actually going to be starting that really soon. And I'm super, super excited about that. I know so many people who have gone through design biz mastery, um, and who have seriously leveled up their businesses, raised their pricing, like, like it is, and I'm, I'm literally saying this as someone who is about to start because I'm so super, so super excited. Um, like Morgan's not paying me to say this, <laughs> um, but yeah, just so you guys know, like what that is when we, when we talk about it, um, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so thanks for mentioning. I forgot. Yeah. I no, you're fine. You're fine. It's like, of like, course yeah. I know what it is, but I, I always like to make sure that like, you know, people can know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of more like my philosophy that I stand behind now. And I've, I've seen it work also with hundreds of students that I've taught now that, that I've been able to replicate it because I was like, once I started to implement this kind of thinking and mindset and strategies, I, it's not like I suddenly just had, you know, new people I was in front of. I realized I'd been leaving money on the table for years. Basically I was undercharging. That's what I had done and over delivering. And so going back to the patterns, like I would deliver things to clients that then afterwards they would say, what do I do with this? And I was like, wait, why did I charge you for this? And also, why did we make it if it didn't matter to you? Or I would run into that struggle too on the sales process. They'd be like, well, I don't really feel like I need that piece. I'm like, well, it's part of the package. So too bad. You have to pay for it. You should value this, right? So those are some of the things I started to see that were problematic where I was trying to force clients to value things that they didn't care about. And so that's why it's an important thing to have like a sales call. So if your first step right now is you're just doing fixed pricing, sending clients media kits, but you want to raise your prices, get on sales calls at least. They are not a waste of time. Switch your mindset around it. A lot of people say like, I don't, I want to weed out the tire kickers. So that's just why I have, you know, my pricing and, you know, on packages and stuff. I'm like, that's fine, but you won't be able to increase your prices very much that way. Uh, because, you won't know what the client actually values. You won't be able to connect with them one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes they value the relationship with their designer even, you know? So those are some things that are important that are missing when you don't do sales calls. And when you just give them your pricing up front, you're basically asking them to think of you as an expense. And that's like the problem. Mm -hmm. um, and so you have to switch your mindset and say, I'm going to get good at sales. And I think that it's where designers avoid a lot of the work um, subconsciously. Cause a lot of times, like there's so many courses out there about increasing your process, you know, doing brand strategy, like project management, all those things. And they are important. Your process is important, but your sales process is crazy important. Like, I don't know, I could argue it's more important in some ways, because if you can't get, get them in the door, then like you, they won't even experience your process, <laughs> For sure, you know, 100%. And designers avoid sales and it's because it's uncomfortable. It requires you to dive into things you normally don't really dive into. And it's very safe to like really just work on the processes in your business. But yes, the way your delivery process is important. So I don't want to make that like, like make it sound like I don't care about that. Like taking care of your clients and really delivering will encourage referrals in the future. And it's super important that you do that. But Focusing on sales and value 
is just as important. So that's another like mindset shift um, and something that I feel like the designers who do increase their prices in Excel, they really embrace that part of running a business. It's not just about delivery. It's about sales too, marketing. Like it's a huge part of your business. Like I know I'm not the best designer out there. Like I know that, but I charge more than anyone I know uh, because I have embraced this other part of my business and I understand that it's important. And so I think that's another place where designers want, they think they just have to get better and better and better at their craft. There's kind of a point where you're good enough and you can just sort of accept that like, and work on another area of your business. Like increasing your rates doesn't necessarily come from you continuing to work on your craft all the time. Sometimes you you're good enough and especially from clients' perceptions and what they value and that's okay. Like, and so then you can start to focus on getting them in the door and increasing your rates and learning more about how to do that. Any business like sales is an important aspect. If you don't have sales, you don't have a business. And so that's really like the biggest shift I feel like, and probably the differentiating factor with design biz mastery and my philosophies in general is that mindset shift because so many designers are just so precious about their work Mm -hmm. and so attached to it. And yes, like that's a good thing. You want to do a good job for your client, but sometimes they just don't care or understand even what brand strategy is. You know what right. I mean? Like some of those mm-hmm. terms that are really important to designers and like you have to explain it in a way that they understand what the benefits are to them. Not just, yes. hey, I offer brand strategy, but like how does brand strategy actually help their business and the things and the way that they describe their problems. They don't usually say, I need brand strategy. It's more like, I feel unclear of who I'm talking to. Our sales are low. Like they describe their problems differently. And brand strategy is the answer a lot of times, but how you get them in the door is more about listening to their problems and how they value it and talking to them back and reflecting that back to them instead of like talking about your process or even the deliverables, you know, it's focusing on the value inherently. So, so good. Like, I love everything that you said. And I think personally, now that I am starting to kind of go out onto this creative director limb, I am hiring a team for the first time. Um, I am no longer the only person that's providing design services for my clients, which, you know, I think two or three months ago terrified me, you know, cause I was just, I'm sure every single designer out there that's ever begun to outsource, like especially branding, which is so like, I always think like, Oh, I'm the only person who can do this. It's like, I'm not, I'm definitely not. And the only way that I'm ever going to scale is if I have help and also, you know, work on sales and value-based pricing. So I love hearing you talk about that. Like once you get to a level where you're comfortable as far as design, maybe you don't need to take that extra illustrator course. Maybe you need to dive into something that you've been avoiding for a long time, like sales or financial stuff, or, you know, investing with a marketing team to, you know, help your, your marketing strategy or, you know, something like that, because that's something that I'm realizing now more and more of my day is devoted to sales calls is devoted to nurturing leads is devoted to, you know, managing my team, not necessarily as much in the art boards of illustrator, but you know, I'm on ClickUp, I'm on email, I'm on calls. Like at the end of the day, I tell my husband, like, man, I feel like I didn't do any work today. I was just on calls all day. You know, and it's like that is work. That's yeah. like arguably like the most important work because I don't want to outsource sales calls. Yeah. But I can outsource branding, you know, to another designer. So I think that that's a really important mind mindset shift. And that's something that I am currently working on. It's not like a switch that like flipped in my brain or anything, but it is really cool to hear you talk about something that I feel like I'm experiencing right now. And if there's anyone out there who feels, who, who feels us on this, like if there's anyone's like, oh my goodness, this is me, like you're not alone. And it is, it's it's so important to start shifting your mindset from, you know, just like, Oh, like, how am I going to make this icon the most like perfect (laughs) pixel, perfect thing to like, how can I use my time to nurture these leads to sell to them? You know, like, and, and that's the reason why that I'm investing in design biz mastery and, and eventually one-on-one coaching with Morgan, because like, I, I realize that there is a gap in my knowledge there with sales, with, with, with the mindset stuff that you're talking about with value-based pricing. Um, and so 
that's kind of like the direction that I'm going with, like the limited time that I have, I see how important it is to hone those skills because you're right. If you don't have sales, you don't have, you don't have business, you know, you could be the most amazing designer in the world with like the most amazing portfolio with like the greatest mock-ups or, you know, you have a professional photographer shoot all of these printed pieces and your, your website's amazing. But like, if you can't explain to someone why they need that, then like, it's just pretty art, you know? And we all know that design is a business tool to help your clients make money. Um, and, and so, yeah. And also not every client. So this is the thing I love about it is traditionally a lot of times I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself or sales to like convince someone into working with you, but really it's more about uncovering the value to the client and not forcing the value onto them because whenever you're trying to force it on them to them, it just doesn't work. Like, Hey client, you should value design and understand why, you know, changing your packaging will get you more sales. Sometimes they get it, but like, sometimes it's more of a nice to have that they're looking into, you know, like it's not something that is painful. And so what I love about integrating value-based pricing and sort of like the whole mindset around the sales philosophy actually takes more pressure off yourself. So it's more just learning how to ask better questions and the right questions to uncover the value instead of like when I used to do sales calls, I would feel all this pressure. And then like, I would be talking like 80, 90% of the time, you know, that's how I feel right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're like trying to convince them like, Hey, my packages are $10,000. Let's just say, cause 10 K everyone wants to charge 10 K, which I have like a lot of thoughts around that too. But I'm like, 10K doesn't matter if you're just adding more work to get to that 10K project. Like some yes. people are like, 10K, but they did double the amount of work. I'm like, I don't even care. Like, what if you did three 5K pra- packages, but it took you one to two days to deliver each one of those, you know? Like, that's more yeah. what I care about. But anyways, yeah. So it's like, you got to uncover the value because not every client has a 10K problem. That's the thing. Like, you it might be a day rate that might solve their problem. You know, they're like, I just want to move the needle a little bit. Like I just need a template website up for, you know, like, and a day rate would be fine. So I've had so many people reach out about that. And I'm at the point now where I'm figuring out like what types of people I want to work with. And I I've had to say no so many times to projects that I legitimately like were, was interested in because I just feel like I don't have the time, you know, and like, it didn't fit in with like the way that I had been doing things in the past. But like, I I'm excited to like, kind of just rethink some things. And because I, because you're right, the money is there it's there. Like, you yeah, know, especially with, especially with COVID now, everyone wants a, a, a <laughs> website now, you know, everyone has an online business now because of COVID. So, um, it's almost like you have to give yourself permission to like break that 10 K like goal thing, because like, I'm a victim of that for sure. Like, and I'm sure you see that all the time with your students as well, where they like have their sites set on this specific number or the specific industry or like a specific process that like, okay, well, my process is like this Holy grail that like no one can touch. And that's like, definitely like where I'm at right now. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, we talk about process a lot on this podcast and we talk about how important it is. And I love Morgan that you're kind of challenging that. Um, because I totally am (laughs) and we need to hear it. I need to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm going to make an Instagram post about this because I've been seeing it around a ton lately. And it's like, the latest and greatest like marketing thing. Like I will teach you to have consistent 10 K months. I will teach you how to create a 10 K package. Um, I will teach you how to create six figures. I even fall kind of fallen victim, but I feel like it's pretty shallow marketing because it doesn't really matter. It's more about profitability. That's more what I care about. And so I have students who um, do a day rate for $2,000 And it's also the way that they prefer to work is just to have a day instead of having year long projects with clients, you know, and that's what feels good to them. I have, you know, some students who do, do, do charge like 10 K and it's the, for the least amount that they've ever delivered. And that's what I care way more about. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. uh, you can charge 10 K and that's great. That's a great milestone. Like, don't get me wrong, but I just don't think it's the definition of success just because that looks different for everyone and very much so everyone's defined it as like their success mark, or even know some people who have reached the six figures, but then they're like, so burnt out, 
you know? So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I will be very honest and transparent with you guys. Like my, one of my goals for 2020 was to hit six figures. And I'm super proud of myself that I, that I got there, but also at the same time I had a baby. And so like my whole life has changed. I have such limited time. I'm not sleeping, you know, because baby, which is normal, but like, I definitely feel like I'm in a place now where I'm like, so stressed about work all the time. Like just so stressed out. Like I, I don't know if I'm, I don't think I'm burned out right now, but like, if you have to like consider like, am I burned out? Like then maybe you are. So I don't really know exactly like what that looks like. I mean, like I, I'm still functional, which, which is, which is good. We're, we're surviving over here. Um, but, um, I think that it is so refreshing to hear you talk about like, okay, well, like how much work are you doing for that 10 K package? Yeah. It's I like, care way more about that. <laughs> and you know? I've never really thought about it like that, but it's actually super simple. And it's like, why, why should I turn down a $5,000 project? If I feel like I can get it done in like two days, like you said, like that's more valuable to me. And I mean, it makes, it's just logical, but like, we don't like our industry doesn't like think like that. And so like, this like, is like everyone should value all these things that I do and all my bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. It's just not the reality. Like you have lots of smaller businesses who are just starting out or need more simple solutions, or they they're not to the point where they even understand how strategy can help them. Maybe you do just deliver like a pretty logo. I know I'm totally going to get like flat for this, <laughs> but that's really what they value. Like, yeah. I'll be honest, like a lot of businesses are like, just make me something that is like, pretty and I love, and I'm, you know, in year one of my business can we, you know, and I'll be like, I think a day rate would be awesome or a two day rate or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I still do a little bit of strategy. I'm not saying like, I don't do any, I still think it should be strategic, but the level of strategy now that I'm seeing designers do is so intense when the client doesn't even use a lot of it sometimes. And I think that's disappointing and sad, Mm -hmm. or when you're trying to sell a client on it, Um, and they just don't get it yet because they're not at that point in their business. That's okay. Like, um, so I think it's, I always prefer to sell the bells and whistles. Don't get me wrong. Like always start there. You want to start high and work down. That's another thing of value-based pricing. Most designers start low and try to work up and go, how come I wasn't able to charge premium rates? I'm like, well, you started low. (laughs) (laughs) Any sales psychology, that's not how it works. You start high and work down. So that's another important piece. Like you always try to sell the bells and whistles. That's always ideal scenario for clients, right? Like I genuinely believe like, yeah, start off with strategy. Like that's important. The reality is though, not every client sees it or values it yet, or is that point in their business. And so that's when you have to be flexible with people and say, I can help you still move the needle. It's still a better option than them going on Canva and trying to do things themselves. Right. Yeah. And it's also less profitable for me. I know. Right. Like, (laughs) but it's also still, how can I, so I'm always thinking, how can I make this still profitable for me? So I only deliver options that are still profitable for me, move the needle for the client. Sometimes it's the bells and whistles. Sometimes it's not. A lot of times it's not. And like, I am okay with that. So, but it makes it so I can work with more people. And so that's just basically what has worked much better for me, worked much better for my students where they're charging the most they ever have and delivering less. And so that's how they're able to scale, right? Or even if their prices are the same, I'm like, let's take some things out and simplify from where you're at. And that's a form of increasing your prices. It is. If you can then deliver less. And it's honestly what clients are happy with. It doesn't mean their unhappiness level goes goes down at all. So um, those are kind of, yeah, I think it it works really well. And for me, it's been so refreshing. Now I've been teaching design business mastery for a couple of years and I've had hundreds of students at this point go through the curriculum and it works like, so that was kind of scary for me. I was like, this is how this has worked for me. But like when I started the program with my initial beta students, which I think was one of the questions that you had in the outline for the podcast, like how I got started. I basically started with a small number of students and just put it out on Instagram. Like, Hey, like, this is how I've increased my prices. You know, this is how I've scaled my business, how I've, you know, actually gotten to six figures. And, um, I want to start like a small group and teach this. And so I think I had like 12 students in that round. And then since then I've just kind of scaled it. And when I first taught it, I did it in a more, it wasn't really a scalable format. It was just like, 
live coaching, but now I have a course curriculum. I have group coaching built in. We do Zooms, like QA calls and stuff. And so it's built in a way that students can now go at their own pace through the curriculum. And if they're a mom or if they live in different time zones, they can go through the curriculum and then also get their questions answered as they're applying the curriculum, which I think is a huge part of value-based pricing because there's always this uncomfortable middle spot when you're starting to implement it, but you don't have all the pieces down yet. And um, I just think the group coaching part is really important while you're working through the mindset pieces as well and going through sales calls and stuff. Like you need to be able to ask your questions and then things really start to click. So that's why it's a group coaching program instead of just a course, like a self-paced course, because you usually do need a little bit of like some (laughs) one-on-one direction as you're working through the content. It's not something I just want to like, you know, throw you to the wolves yeah. <laughs> as you yeah. try to implement. Cause it took me a couple of years to implement it, but I've seen students double their rates, one phone call. Like it's so awesome to see instead of the traditional kind of mindset, which is every new year, I'm going to increase my rates by $500. And I'm like, right. Yeah. You your business one, very of, fast. <laughs> one of the questions that we get a lot is like, should I tell people that I'm raising my prices? Like, should I, how do I raise my prices without like scaring people away? And it's like, okay, guys, this, this is the answer to that question. Like, I love that you said that if you charge $5,000 for branding and you end up taking away deliverables and you sell that package to a client where you're doing less work, you've raised your prices because you're working fewer hours. I mean, like it always goes back to like, how much time are you spending on these projects? And I feel like my brand strategy and branding like process has just gotten so bloated because I've continued to like, Oh, I'm going to adjust my template. I'm going to add new slides to my template. Like I'm going to add new deliverables. You're going to get icons. You're going to get a pattern. Like you're going to get all of these things. And then like I, I hand over like, the style guide and the the package to the client. And like, they only use like two pieces of the, like of the whole thing. And I'm like, there was so much more that you could have done with this, but also that's on me for not educating that on how do you, you know, like, and then is there value for for me educating that, you know, like there's, there's so much stuff. And so I, I like your philosophy of like more isn't always better. In fact, less, even if it's at a lower price, like it's about the ratio of how much time you're spending and how much you're bringing in, you know, back to that, like, Oh, I feel like my hours worth a thousand dollars. It's like, maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe someone's willing to pay that, you know, like, so I I just, this is all very, very encouraging. And I hope that the people listening are equally as encouraged. And because I know a lot of people are always thinking about scaling and um, you know, what, what's next for them. And, you know, do they start, you know, a course or do they coach or, you know, whatever it is. But I, I like how, I think I, you put on Instagram a couple weeks ago where you were like, I see a lot of people who are newer to business or they have a couple years experience and then they dive into adding a course or they, you know, want to do coaching or whatever it is, but you recommended that people take a step back, really get the type of experience in their own business, working with their own clients, et cetera, and then teach from that perspective. Like once they have that kind of down and that, that was awesome for me to read because like, especially with, with better, with our community, with our amazing Facebook group, I know if you guys are in the Facebook group, you should jump in because we have a lot of cool conversations in there. Like it's, it's been a great platform for us to grow and just see that people actually listen to. So it's like, Oh man, like, should I make a course? Should I, should I do something more with this? And it's like, I'm not at a place in my business right now where that's going to be like, it's not even going to, I'm not even going to try to make money off of that right now because I'm like struggling so much with like working on my own design business. So it was like, you gave me permission to not go in that direction. And right. so it'll like, just run you ragged. Like you'll, yes. like, you'll have a mental breakdown. I know. I know I'm guys, I'm literally like that. on the edge. I'm on the edge of a mental breakdown. There've been time, like I, there've been so many tears in the past couple months. And I'm not saying this to complain or anything, but like, just like we, we, we keep it real on this podcast and like, it, like running a business, being a mom or whatever it is that you do in your life, whether you're a parent or not, like it's hard. It is so hard. Um, it's so rewarding, but it's so, so challenging. And, you know, that's why we started this. Cause we don't want you guys to have to do this alone. That's probably one of the reasons Morgan, why, why you decided that you wanted to coach people because you found something that worked for you. And I can tell how passionate you are about 
educating other designers about your philosophy and about value-based pricing and, and that type of thing. Um, I know that like, I would love to like talk forever, but I, I totally understand that like you have your family and you have all, all, a lot of stuff going on. My husband also has to go back to work at some point. He has the baby, but I love the direction that our conversation went in today. I think that it is going to be so, so valuable for our audience. And even though like we spend more time talking about value-based pricing, I feel like people will be more interested in that because it's the number one question that we get is like, how yeah. do I find clients it, and how to make more mysterious. money? It's like, yeah. it was super mysterious to me until I started applying it like in my own way. I definitely did not invent it. Like you can look at value-based pricing. It's just very much in like the male world, which I think mm-hmm. is so interesting. So my goal is to bring it more to women in business and how they perceive value and switch their mindset and with a different kind of energy, because the way I do it is still different than, you know, some of the other gurus out there and more specifically to the design field, especially. I just wanted to say a couple more things while we were talking that I thought of, um, kind of going back to value, you kind of have to think of, rethink the way that you think about value and how you value yourself. Where actually, cause you were talking about thousand dollars an hour. Yeah. Yes. You can totally make that because sometimes there's actually value in delivering things faster. Ah, uh, yes. Right. And so mm-hmm. a lot of times you think the more time you put in, the more valuable it is because that's more of the, the thinking we all come from when we were employed and when we got started with hourly work, but then you start to realize, Oh, if I actually deliver things faster, it's actually more valuable, right? Like for a lot of people, they don't really want projects to drag on forever either. So you have to rethink how you think of value or how clients see value. And then also going back to scaling a service-based business. This is a mistake I just see so often and where entrepreneurs get so burnt out is, you know, they figured out how to charge for their services, maybe a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars And they think that's all that they can scale. It's not true. Like that's a mindset thing. You don't have to just kick up your volume. You can continue to increase your prices, like, and continue to go more high ticket. And that's where I see a kind of a mindset problem where designers think that they then have to jump into digital products, but they don't understand the audience building that is involved with that and how it takes a lot of time. It's a long game. Like I definitely love like coaching digital products courses. Like that's a big part of my business. It's how I'm scaling now. But I had a service-based business for six years and learned how to charge high ticket. And like everything I learned in the service side of my business set up my mindset to then receive more money and do a better job in the other side of my business, which is products. Because I learned how, like, I just had all these mindset shifts and I learned more about sales and marketing and my clients' actual problems and um, things like that, that then set me up for success once I actually did move into, um, products, but it's, what's weird about it is with services, you get like an initial kind of like reward because you, or endorphin boost, cause you get money up front. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. So that's like another mindset thing too. That's hard to adjust to is you don't really start creating digital products to make bucket loads of money at the beginning. So you have to be patient, but it's really hard because you're used to just getting money like right away, which is the beauty of services. And you don't have to have a large audience. Like I have some friends who don't even have an Instagram presence and like, or even do a ton of marketing, but just through relationships, they have a thriving service-based business and they don't have the stress of audience building all the time. So I just think having a service-based business is a beautiful thing. There's still a lot more you can explore with your pricing typically, and you're not capped out as soon as you think you are. And so you have to make that mindset shift. And so that's my goal is to help women, you know, get to the 5k mark and then the 10k mark. And then I had a student who going through the program, booked a 19k project. I have a student who's booked a 40k project. Like it's just really cool to see what actually happens once they embrace the philosophy or I have students, like I said, who do 2000 day rates and now they're only doing day rates because that's how they like to work personally. They don't like, you know, these long engagements with clients. And so something else I think that's really important is to really honor the way that you like to work with people as well. And that's an important piece. And that's something I'm integrating more into the program and the way I coach is looking at more specifically the leadership style and the working style of my students and leaning more into that because 
like I said, a lot of times students charge the most they ever have, but they're not happy. And it's like, well, why is that? It's because you have a different style of the way you like to work for someone else, you know? So you have to look at those things and really like you can adjust your business to the way you like to work. And it's about honoring yourself. And I think that's another huge takeaway um, that I would say from my coaching style and just like the way I like to work with people is really say, well, what makes you happy? That's like the most important piece and really honor that. And don't just do things because this is how other people do them. Like, yes, because it's not going to work for everyone. Everyone is different. I mean, that's what I learned from having a baby. I mean, the number of times that I've heard every baby is different. It's like, I get it. I get every baby's different. The only thing I want to do is go on Google and see what Google tells me to do about having a baby, (laughs) you know, like but Google can't do that. And Google can't tell you how to run your business. We can't tell you how to run your business. Like, you know, deep down the way that you like to work. And that's something that I'm currently working on guys. Like, you know, I, my, I'm two years into my business. Like I'm still figuring out what works best for me, especially now that I have a baby, you know, like I'm, I'm really figuring out like how, how to run my business while also being a mom. And that's like the the challenge that I'm working through right now. But Morgan, I love how you brought it back to what makes you happy. And it's not about how much money you're making. It's about, are you happy when you wake up at the beginning of the day? Like, are are you energized? Like if you're sad, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're not, if you're burned out, if you, you know, are you just not happy with what you're doing? Like, like we're in the unique position as business owners to be able to shape the way that we work. When you work for someone else, you don't have that type of control over, you know, your day. Maybe you have a boss, maybe you have, maybe you're expected to come in at nine and leave at five. Like we don't have those types of boundaries on us. And so it's up to us, not anyone else. It's up to us to choose the way we like, that we like to work and to implement changes in our businesses that like might look different than what I do in my business. It might look different than what Morgan does in her business or Giselle or, or any other designer that you see out there. And that, I mean, it really ties back into our podcast philosophy is that the only designer that you need to be better than is the one that you were yesterday. And like that comparison game is so, so hard guys. I know it. Like I decided that I wasn't going to follow other designers on Instagram because I was having such a hard time comparing myself to other people like really yeah. like it's it, I it is... still fall into that too like I'll be honest like I've been in my business a long time and so I also have to do things like that and take a step back and be like why am I comparing because I know you never even have the full story yeah. of what's going on and it's it's really just such like I don't know it's so detrimental because I'm like well they're not in the same life stage I'm in like things are so so different how I define success is so different Yeah. It just, it's so funny how easy it is to get in that place in general with like comparison. And even I experience it Mm -hmm. like after doing this a while. And so, um, it really is something I continue to work on and that happens at any level, which is so funny because you think like things will resolve itself, but it's like, I have to actively keep working on my mindset work um sorry uh, my husband is like he's he's tapping on the door he's like hey I gotta go go back to work oh my gosh like I'm so sorry Morgan I would love to like keep talking with you and I feel like there's so much value to be had but I would love if you could tell our audience about how they can find you and how um if they're interested in learning more about design biz mastery about like when that's opening up um and how they can kind of join into that yeah, definitely. I'm sorry. I was just going to say one last thing. And if this yeah. makes sense or not, uh, one thing I think that's interesting too, with a lot of people I work with, even when they're not parents, a lot of times they kind of relate to my coaching style is, or why they decide to sign up with me is because they have other life situations that they need to customize their business to. So like mental health, physical health, things like that. I think everyone has something's usually going on behind the scenes that you struggle with, you know? And so that's why I think it's important to build your business in a specific way that works for you. And that does actually define success for you and make you happy. Even if you're not a parent, because we've talked a lot about being a parent, right? Mm -hmm. but there might be other things that you have, you know, going on in your life, or maybe just a, a specific style or way that you like to work. It's different than someone else. So you really, truly should like build a business in a way that feels good for you. And I believe so strongly in that. And we dive into that more whenever like you work with me, because I think it is such an important piece of the whole picture. But, but yeah, as far as keeping up with me, I am on Instagram. I'm a little bit on a 
kind of break, I guess, right now. <laughs> I'm going to be like getting more into things coming up or probably by the time this releases, I'll be more active on there, but I hang out there more often. If you listen to this, send me a DM, let me know how you liked it. Um, but at Morgan Rap is my username. And then same with my website, morganrap.com. I have um, a course that's about Shopify. <laughs> so I have I've also yet. taken that I've also recommended <laughs> to countless people. So definitely if you're interested in learning Shopify, take Amplify Shopify. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So part of my journey was like narrowing down into a specific type of work, which was Shopify e-commerce, which I love. Um, and so I have a course called Amplify Shopify, where I teach other designers how to also offer e-commerce um, websites. And then Design Biz Mastery uh, is my group coaching program where I teach designers how to increase the rates, but also just, I don't know, learn more about themselves, get more confidence and lean more into themselves and their businesses, essentially. So yeah, that's how you can keep up with me. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing about that. I love, I just love the direction that our conversation went in today. And I think so many people are going to find it valuable. Um, if you guys, um, you know, are interested in joining design biz mastery, like definitely reach out to Morgan. Like, I think I was trying to figure out what I wanted. And like, she sent me so many like voice memos on DM. She's so helpful and just like such an amazing, like positive energy. Um, so we loved having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're going to skip our inbox question today just because my husband has to get back to work. Um, this is real life guys. We're, we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants, but, um, yeah, just thank you so much, Morgan, for, for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you. This is so fun. Awesome. All right. Well, we will see you guys in our Facebook group. We'll go ahead and hop in there. We're going to be having a discussion question this week about this episode and follow us on Instagram and we will see you guys in uh, next week's episode. So bye guys. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer podcast on Facebook. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources.